0: This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. Andrew. Right, okay, so let's kick things off. So guys, welcome to episode 51. Uh, We're joined by Stephen Nisbet, who was actually on the podcast in episode 7, believe it or not, uh, a year ago, almost, which we can have a wee bit of a chat about, because we were laughing about this in the gym on Saturday. But uh, you were on when it was really in its infancy, and when I was listening back today part of me is really proud of what we've done or what I was doing back then to try and get it off the ground and part of me was like thank God I'm having Stevie back on because we just we didn't do you justice back then and the sound was terrible and everything so uh, we're, we're in a much better place now so uh, yeah, you're a brilliant friend and I'm so chuffed to have you back on so thank you for coming back on. You're very welcome any time. Well listen, it could be any time because there's so much again that that I want to actually talk to you about tonight. As you know, I don't write questions down, but uh, what I have got here is five subjects, and they're all quite different, that that I want to talk to you about. But the first one, and the big one, is to let everybody know, Stevie's celebrating 35 years in martial arts, specifically Thai boxing and early years of kickboxing. So let's kick it off there, Stevie, if that's all right, and tell Tell us how you're feeling having been in the, the martial arts for so long
1: really old i'll be honest really old okay um <clears throat> no it, it has um it's kind of a milestone but it's like turning 40 you know it's just another day it doesn't change a damn thing i didn't have fireworks or champagne or anything i just it was just a we. you know kind of done it you know keep yeah, it on um, so I thought it was just something I wanted to like take a note of and that's why I put just a, a small post up on, on Facebook. I got a lot of good feedback for that. Um and nothing grandiose, just thirty-five years as of last Sunday it was. Um so it would it kinda, you know, it was good to, you know, sort of reflect on, you know, the, the, the young man that walked into that church hall, you know. Um, I'd love to go back and meet him. Yeah. Um, I know what got me in there. To, you know, to do that. Um, so, ah, yeah, it's, it's been in reflection. There's been in the post says There's been like you know ups and downs. There's been like drama. There's been joy and anguish. You know. Um, there's a couple of times where I went, I'm done. You know. Yep. Um, and I see I've grew up in it and I've watched a lot of others growing up in it. And the friends in this this game that'll, you know, they'll be with me for the rest of my life. And we we'll literally get family in this, you know, that's that they'll gain more through this. so I I overall it's been it's been most a positive thing and I uh, I really enjoy it. So people can, as I say. You were first on the, the,
0: the podcast in episode seven and people can go back and and, and listen to that uh, and again, your story about getting involved in what, what was at the time kickboxing is on that episode seven of the podcast, which is only an audio version as well, whereas we've now moved on uh, to a, a visual video version as well, so, which is appropriate to two handsome chaps like you and I. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else had kind of thought about it that way. Maybe just me. Anyway, people can go back and, and listen, but let's recap on that anyway because I'm interested in talking to you about that younger. And you weren't a kid; you, you were you were old enough. But that younger man that walked in to learn a couple of stretches to help you in your running, which was the story, that you can you can talk about. And then this this person who's very few people dedicate anything. Hey, sorry, any area of their life to something for 35 years. So let's jump back to who that guy was walking in and who am I sitting talking to now after all this time?
1: Um, I'll be honest, I was um I was pretty lost. Okay. Um six months before I walked into that hole, I smoked forty five a day and drinking more or less every night. I yep. um, came ill, um, there was this big city flu kicking about, and uh, everybody in my house got it, and fortunately we didn't get it at one time, I think I got it at 4.35, right. and it floored me, and I <laughs> can you look back, it's a sign of my determination that I was not going to give up my fags, I was trying my damnedest to smoke, and I had to get I just... Literally could not take a draw. Yeah. Um, it, it properly floored everything. I was in my bed. was off work for a fortnight. Um. Once I managed to get up out of bed bed, um, I thought, going to get myself fit. I was just turning 19. Just about to turn 19. So I bought myself a pair of uh, running shoes. Yep. A vest and a pair of shorts, and I ran. I would <laughs> probably like at best, uh, it was well under a kilometre.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. I think, from where I'm now, I would do the run in three minutes at uh, 54. Yeah. And um, I threw up and walked home. The next night, I did the same run, walked home. The next day I ran home, and I liked to achieve something.
0: Yep.
1: Um, my dad went out in the car and drove around, found a mile from my house back, and I started running. Um, I'd do a mile, then two miles, then three miles. Um, I remember at the day we were supposed to meet her at, um, say, seven o'clock, when in, started running, I was going to do five miles. Yep. I think I'd done nine. Well, okay. And I was running late, so she got off the bus at World Civic Centre, and I turned up, having just finished nine miles. Still, on my tree, just say the turning left to go home. I just headed straight up, yeah, and arrived just as she got off the bus. She's and I was like, a kind of long hair at the time, it was like all over the place and it was streaked and everywhere, and this big skinny streaky patch covered <laughs> in sweat. We are a vest and a stinking pair of shorts on and uh, she's like she was looking lovely and I'm going oh, I'm sorry about this so I had to go down and have a bath yeah, and then go, and she sat in my bedroom like this put the record on um, and then that was you know from then I signed up for a marathon I started running in April signed up for a marathon in May and ran it in September wow um, and it was I found, see, I say, you know, prior to it, I was in a really dark place and I found running was very helpful. Yeah. Um. Once I started, the, the, the first day I went in and somebody put two parts in front of me, I started throwing, you know, fists at them. I was just like, this is mine, this is me. Yep. There was just something about it. I loved it. I had absolutely zero interest in boxing, zero interest in martial arts. I did I mean I was even I would even watch a rocky or a Terminator film. Yeah. I um people were like, well, what would you like was like probably you know, today I am probably about emo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I know I don't look it, but yeah, yeah, I was I was kinda of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And this gave me the the like the structure and the, the, the direction that, that that was missing. Yep. And over the next six months, eight months, it just totally changed my personality, my competence. Um, and through that, I um, ended up getting a job nightclub door. That personal comedy has made it easier to speak to people and stuff. Um, and just my character changed over the, the next three, four years. Um, Generally, for better, there was ups and downs, usually there was alcohol involved, um, but it changed who I was, or maybe brought out the things that were, you know, that were there, the bit that I kind like, you know, of suppressed, um, and, and it gave me, it kind of gave me everything, um, it changed every aspect of my life, and this is why, I, I, like, one of the reasons I will always keep doing that, because I will never forget that kid that walked into that room. Yep. And, but it done. And I have got, you know, over the years, I've seen so many people doing similar. It's, you know.
0: So when you say, when you were describing yourself there as this young guy that, that started something that he'd no interest in at all, it, well, a couple of things to say. The first thing is, this absolutely is for, or it, it attracts every type of person. Oh, yeah, and, and I. Some people will disagree with us, and we can chat about this. But I think you don't always have to be a fighter. You definitely don't have to be a winner of championships or whatever. But a martial arts school or a martial arts gym should be a place for everybody. It should be for people that are that are shy and maybe want to build their confidence. It should be for people that have maybe a wee bit too aggressive and they want to learn to control that. Men, women black, white, orange, green, purple, gay, mm-hmm. lesbian, you name it, martial arts should be a place. And I think over the years I've found that it is a place that can welcome everybody. And you were another example of that, this awkward person lacking in
1: confidence that found a home for 35 years. I, I, I was brought up, and I'm not condemning the people that brought me up, but this is the site I was brought up in. Where, um, I was brought up to be Homophobic. I was brought up to be sectarians. I was brought up to be racist, right? I was brought up to be a bigot, right? Everybody else was the other. Yep, yep. You walk into a martial arts gym, no one cares. No. Nope. No one cares. And that was one of the things, and that's possibly one of the things that really changed me uh, is you, know, and I just have a look at my Facebook notes? I don't like religion. I don't like football and I especially don't like religion and football. Um I stayed close to Moral Stadium. I, I worked in it for about three years behind the bar and like the stuff you used to hear and like working building sites as well my whole life. Yeah. You know, and I've just this is this is me, I can't be that, you know? Yep. Um so and I say you walk into a Thai Box Empty condo School. It doesn't matter. Work hard. Keep your hands up, your chin up, in. And you'll, you'll fit in regardless of who you are. We have got such a diverse range of weirdos and nuttles and misfits. And, yeah, You know. Average Joes. Aye. <laughs> that's yep. it. You, you will, you know, it's like... It's about like Cheers, though you know TV series. You know yep. nobody knows your name. You know and you walk in, and the, and the thing is, we live and it'll we'll never fight. Right? Don't care. But you might meet them, meet them years ago, and they're still best mates. We like the people that met in training, and they stood there, and traded you know punches and kicks in the ring. You know every Friday night for like, eighteen months. Yeah, they're still the best, and you know, they'll be talking away about it like they were. It was like they were Ali and Fraser. You know, for years, because it meant something to them. They they, 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 had a joint experience that pushed it to them, and uh, and it is it's it's, it's character building. It really is. Yeah. The
0: you look. The two of us can look back on this, and we can, and I think you should. Uh, we should look back on this from the the position we're in at the moment, and and see how it's changed us and. All these amazing benefits we've got, but see, when you're talking about getting raised in that environment where it, the, there was sort of bigotry and sectarianism and homophobia and all this negativity, how far into your journey did you start waking up to? Hold on a minute, this—I'm in a more positive environment here, and I'm actually changing the way that I'm thinking, or—or or maybe not necessarily changing, but I'm—I'm I'm hearing different voices, and I'm actually. Mm-hmm. I can see
1: myself move. You know, it's, it's I don't think there was there was no epiphany. Right. So it was, it it was a gradual thing, you think? It was it was a gradual thing. Yeah. You know. Um I remember like walking home with my from the pub with my brother and um he started singing the sashes, looked at me a minute, walked away. Yeah. Yep. I'm yep. Not listening to that fucking shit. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, if you sit with somebody for one side, they assuming will argue that you're from another. Right? It doesn't matter which side. I have the I have the, um, the pleasure of being paid off from two jobs, one for being a Catholic, one for being a Protestant. <laughs> Shit, you're not that's the construction industry for, for you. They idea to reduce the workforce. They paid off all the Catholics. Another place they wanted to reduce the workforce. They paid off all the Protestants.
0: Yeah, it's 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 madness. Do you know what we've spoken about <coughs> this? Uh, when I say privately, not because it's something that we I, I wouldn't want to talk about, but we can maybe just come away from the the discussion about the martial arts for a wee second. And we've talked about tribalism before, and. <coughs> Sometimes I think things are better and sometimes I don't. Yeah, they are. They are. Absolutely. Right, okay. I think religion, I think racism and bigotry and things is better. I don't think it's any, I don't think it's as in, a, in as in as positive a place as what people think it is. I do think it's better. I think we come away from tribalism and I think we're right back in it again. But COVID, for example, <laughs> I'm a... Team that wants to wear a mask, you're in a team that doesn't want to wear a mask, or
1: Boris Johnson or Nicola Sturgeon or Donald you, Trump. You, 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 you kind of will, you'll always have that, but you can no longer put an advert in the Job Centre or the Daily Record on a Thursday wherever it's saying no Catholics need apply. <laughs> yep, you, you can't do that. Yep, right. That's you know we have you know people people will. They'll defend their bad ideas and say, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm no, you know, this, I'm isn't is red team, blue team. Go no wrong somebody says, I've done my research, or go and do your research. No, no, we we'll be you know, we people, we pay people that are actually know what they're doing to they do the research. Right. Um, Dave, we are double digit IQ. Right? Um <coughs> Some people should date on the internet, um. But yeah, there, there will always be uh, things that separate us. Yeah. Right. But in general, most people think that for the for the um, bigotry is wrong. Most people accept that racism is wrong. Yeah. Um. I think the problem that you've got now is is that people denying. The some of the, the, the problems that we've still got with racism, and also people denying that we've made so much progress. Well, yep, yeah, okay, <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. Aye. You know, you, you will, um, god, I'm doing it to have told this story. Um, a number of years ago, there was, um, the speaker of the house, the comments, I think, is when he comes to general election, no one stands against them, yep, and the guy that was a speaker was came from Glasgow. It may have been governor, could be wrong. And um I think it was Tommy Sheridan's people um put a candidate up against him, which was unheard of. Like this is no one else said against him. And uh let's so the, the Thomas Tommy Sheridan's guys, I think they got up about 30 votes and this guy got fifteen thousand.
0: Yeah.
1: And they were up to give his speech and he started screaming, Fascist fat, and Give the guys jokes. I'm pretty sure it was during the Blair years, he'd been a Labour guy. And he says, I've been in politics for 40 years. He says, and I have seen fascists on the left and the right in equal numbers. Yep. And if you, you kind of need to recognize your your own, you know, bigotries or how 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 far are you prepared to go there? How you know, like when somebody comes in and says, fuck all Tories, no, no. No, I don't like the policies, I don't like the leader. But Macy votes Tory. I mean, think Macy voted for Brexit. Yeah. And they voted because they believed that this is the right thing. Yeah. Not because they want to like whip children through the street and, you know, like soap all benefits. We've all got different priorities. Yeah.
0: You
1: know? Yeah. So. You're always you always have like and when you go on the, the internet and Facebook and, and that, especially, you never get average guys. I consider myself centre-left, yeah, right. But it's the it's the, the, the outliers, it's extreme on either side that make the most noise. Yeah. So see, you will see you may know somebody that votes Tory, and you just picture them as Jacob Rees-Mogg and go. How could you? Yeah, you know, yeah, yep. um, people like moderate conservatives go, He's all like Jeremy Corbyn. I'm, I'm really no, yeah, he's not. And these are the people that make the most noise, yeah. Same like when it comes to like football, people associate the worst part of the Rangers fandom yep. and the worst part of the Celtic fandom with the rest of the fans and the team. Yep. And, and in the last few years I've seen some horrific stuff on Facebook not far, far, far. and I sit in the mud and go these are all the same because I've worked in a bar for years and watched these yep. you know, constantly in the the, the, the the construction industry, you go through one site where it's majority rangers, one site where it's majority rangers, it's the exact same jokes it's the exact same stories it's the exact same accusations and yep it's always them, and it's always the worst part of it, so we're always going to have this <laughs> tribalism thing, but at least we are sitting knocking away at to... it. Yeah, and I think martial arts plays a part in that.
0: Absolutely. As we started talking about I'm just laughing because I <laughs> I get anal- analytics or analysis on who's watching the podcast through YouTube and who's listening and stuff, and there's quite a lot of listeners in the States now. Uh, I've got somebody that watches regularly who I'd love to make contact with. I don't get personal details, obviously, who, who watches in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And They must be sitting, watch, they will be sitting, watching the last 10 minutes about bigotry and Rangers and Celtic and all that and, and having no clue or <laughs> interest at all in what, what we're talking about. Uh, but I think I'm proud of the fact that I'm part of this martial arts community or scene and again I'll bring it back to you uh, this community that you've been part of for so long now that that is chipping away at it and as a place where everybody's welcome mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so when have you been in a position where or you said you, this was a gradual thing, but when were you in a position, other than letting your brother walk ahead of you because of certain, or you walking ahead of him because of certain songs you were singing, when were you in a position where you were actually, uh, you, you, you really realised that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change other people with us. That's the point I'm trying to make, I think, where it was like, you know, I've seen how this is, Because you eventually have to become, you have to move from being a student to being a teacher or a coach or an instructor. And that's a really powerful thing that not everybody experiences, obviously. But if you've been in something like you have for 35 years, there comes a point where you think, do you know what? I want to pass on this now and I want to be part of sharing this wonderful thing that I've got with so many other people. When did that come?
1: (laughs) If only. I... Um, my brother died and it was through a bit of a rough time and I had, like, I'd, I'd left the sport, right? i burst up with the coach. And I was like, ah, no, I'm done, right? This is, it was kind of, maybe egotistical, right? So I'd like sacked it, And there was nowhere else doing it at the time, right? And uh, my brother died. I'd got married, my brother died. And again, I was kind of all over the place and I met him. I was at a Thai boxing show and I was judging I we a that away and he went well I changed man this i has his i right it was okay then we went back training for a couple of years and um, it was good it was really good but then I mean we were training a wee council hall yep he decided to move to Canada right and uh, so the club was left to me and another guy so that was fine um now, I ended up doing like 9% of the coaching. Yep. And then after like the first year, we had kept all the money we had it in the bank, we were well, and he fucked off with all the money and the <laughs> equipment. Yeah. Right? So I was left and my Todd, and I went, right. So basically started a new club and that. Um, I was in Holy Cross High School, stood up there, first night, uh, new students and that, and went, what the hell am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing. Two years to get over that. The old imposter syndrome, Stevie. Yes, definitely. The other thing you're you're getting, you're really good at this, go to Thailand, right? And you'll see the the guys that are complete novices, they're 10 times better than me. I don't care. I enjoy what I do. Um, so I, I never ever had a plan to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. I was doing two hours on Tuesday or Thursday. End up putting the casual fighter out. Doing pretty well. Um, Working out that Holy Cross was shutting. I and mean, we were in there for like five years. Yeah. And there was a wee old gym across the road from a guy called McCloskey. Yeah, uh, managed to get a couple of nights and a Sunday afternoon or something from him, and uh he went up front, so that was all good. And just plodded away, plodded away. That was getting shut down, and they managed to get a gym up at Hammond West or uh, all up at Hammond West. So, we went up there with him and again, put a lot of like, time and money into these um, establishments, yep. uh, maintaining that. And it got to say, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time in, and, and it was. Looking at cutting my rent or like putting my rent up and cutting mirrors and stuff, so that's why me and Steve over the boxer went right, let's get our own place. Yeah, so I never had long term plan, I never had you know sat down and charted it what it was going to do. It literally winged it and ended up with with only me, engine. Um, Yeah, and it's been a weird progression. You know, I wonder what I could have done if I'd actually made an effort back in the early 2000s. (laughs) But um, it it is a a strange way it's went. And and as for, like, you know, deciding that I'm going to fight against homophobia and racism, um, I've never had any ideals. I don't necessarily always agree with putting big stickers up and going, come in, you're not racist or we will accept you, it's like, you know, you don't really see them in restaurants and stuff, but they still be custom, you know? Um, they, it's, you know, you, you, if, if that's the person you are, if, you're, if you walk in there and like, they've got big city, like Rangers or Celtic flags up there, and you know, carrying that, you won't last long in this sport. Yep. If you're bigots, you won't last long well, maybe you will just like you know like limited um, client base. Yeah. And the, the the biggest cure for like homophobia racism is working with people that are not the demographic you like. You know, if, if you think that women are weak or like they're no good enough, like, go train them, right? You if fright of your life when one kicks in the head and you're concussed. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, this is it is People that tend to like fear the other tend not to um, integrate with them very often.
0: Yeah,
1: I did, I do, and you know it's like I, one of the, I've always said it's like I've met a lot of gay people in my life, and there's only one or two that have went. I'm I don't like you, right? A lot of straight people I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> a much higher percentage of straight people I think. You're yeah, not so you yeah. know, so that that's it's kind of and, and this is. In your gym, There's always a bit of banter. There's always a laugh. There's always a lot of hard work, and you say it's it's mutual respect for from people to one another because you push each other, you know, um, and that's what helps develop the bonds between people that would normally be either side of the fence. You know, this is is why that people like um, or certain people like um, kids going to different schools. They don't want to play with each other. They don't want them to to, to think, you know, they want your kids to go, we're different, we're exceptional. They're the other. On both sides, you know, they can start playing together. Right, these kids are going to grow up with a different opinion on that subject. So. I think
0: it's uh, it, it worries me to a degree that. <laughs> well, maybe let's be let's let's be positive about it. Let's let's stay on 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 the stuff that you're talking about, which is actually good. You and I are a good example, actually, because. I was thinking about this today because I knew obviously we were going to be recording this episode and thinking there must be a joke in this somewhere that like the atheist and the Muslim walk onto a podcast together, <laughs> 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 whatever the punchline is going to be. But I think the only thing that that interaction has ever brought the two of us is education. Yeah. That's the only, th- if you were to say, right, well, let's describe this relationship between this guy who doesn't believe in anything, or religious wise, and then this other guy who fasts for thirty days because he's somebody who thinks might be in the sky. Mm-hmm. And how does that work?
1: Oh, don't people? don't mess with the sky, Daddy. The, well, um, that's it. I, but I, that's, I I I generally have no no issue with um people having religious beliefs. I don't want to tear down chapels or churches or mosques, right? Um, my next door neighbour is religious. Um am a man, um, she is uh, an officer with the Salvation Army. Right, right. Now, as you, you probably know, like when I'm not working like 35 hours a week, if I'm no in the gym, but not 25 hours a week, in my spare time, um, I do woodwork on my train, join a short So I like making stuff. My next door neighbour says, could you um, build me an um, extension to a lectern? I was like, ah, with pleasure. Yeah. And she gave me like, a couple of old like, um, doors, pine doors. She'd got her like, our, our house um, renovated and uh, so shut them down and got them through the machines, glued them up, sanded them and made this, this uh, extension to a Put ten coats of finishing oil on it. Took it, made a lovely job. It was really quite pleased with it. And uh, she's like, "Thanks so much, you know." And I was like, "She helps me, not help her." So it wasn't like here's a job for you, right? And uh, I I says, "I really enjoyed doing that because where it was going." I says, "I says I love the fact that this is going to use religiously." (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Right. And she is a lovely, kind human being. She's ideas that are different from mine. My problem is when you want to put um, your beliefs above the law or into government. Yeah. That's, you know, you want to legislate and say, well, this is what I believe. You know, it's like your turn saying, okay, no more pork sausages for a day, right? Yeah. You yeah. will see me with my pitchfork. Lad. No <laughs> way. <laughs> this is the hell I will die on, right? <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's ridiculous. And the, the thing is, is, like I think that 99.9% of people in religion of all stripes feel much the same. But like they, they just want to go do their Sunday Saturday, worship, whatever, and go on. You have others, again, the outliers, that want to take things a bit further and demand that their special friend, takes precedence in all things including the law. Yeah, And like I say, like the the the, um, the politics, they're the ones that had the news. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I have no problem with anyone's religious beliefs. I just don't think that they should be judging other people by them.
0: Yep. No. no I hear you. I, I hear you absolutely. And you know that's what I think is we've, we've we've spoken about it yeah. a, a number of times. Okay. One of the subjects that I wrote down to talk to you about is something that you specifically and obviously the fact that you train fighters, full contact fighters. And this is something I've been talking about with a couple of people recently, but to get your opinion on the podcast would be good. And maybe to give us some insight. I still, as we come back eventually, now I know you and I said this the last time you were on the podcast, that we were on the way out of the pandemic (laughs)
1: I <laughs> was we, a year ago. And
0: well, I exactly. You said COVID will be at Christmas, and I was like, ah, "Yeah, yeah." And now it might be ways and absolutely will be with us probably this coming Christmas, like a year and a half later. Anyway, as we go back to tournaments and things being available mm-hmm. or fight nights <clears> over <throat> the last couple of years, I've been getting more and more hesitant about entering students into even semi-contact competition, the way that my students would compete. Never mind full contact, the way you would, because I've got serious reservations about how we as amateurs, amateur competitors, are looking after fighters. And that's coming from somebody from a a semi-contact area. and obviously the research and the, the, the news that's coming out more about head injuries and, and the repercussions of that, I think whether it be a semi-contact Taekwondo tournament or a karate tournament, or even up to a, a, a full contact fight night that Thai boxing and kickboxing clubs might be running. I worry about, well, first of all, I worry about how how much attention do we pay to checking that these fighters are Healthy in the first place and the aftercare. And I know the quick answer would be well, it's everybody does it at their own risk, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm really at a crossroads about this about whether I want to put kids into rings to get kicked in the head or
1: I don't know. So it much is, it, that. it's funny that, like, um, well, a lot of the Thai box organizations, me personally. Um, you don't really see, they won't let kids do head contact, but they'll do head contact in boxing, taekwondo, and karate. Yep. Um, one of my juniors get disqualified. We threw a kick. Now, see my juniors, uh, he's getting married next year, I think, you know, he's <laughs> 10, 11 years ago. And um, he threw a kick. And the guy blocked it. And his leg skimmed off the top of his knee. Then the guy went. Yep. The guy was concussed when the referee was holding his hand up. He was disqualified, you know. Um, and I think it's good that we, we, we don't have head contact with kids. Um, I'll, I've had a kid fighting like, head contact at 15 Yep. Um, but they were very, very good. I knew who the opponent was, and I was confident that they were going to get in there and not take a lot of concussive pose. Yep. Um, in general, I wouldn't let like, a kid fight with head contact um, at say like the, the thirteen, fourteen, and Fifteen, mm-hmm. depend on who it is. Um, but head contact in general, I believe that the majority of the damage is is not done in the ring; it's done in the gym. Oh well, that there's that we can tap, chat about that too. There is, that is, the, I, I believe there's, there's a lot of evidence. To say. It's like it's not like they are getting tagged, and yeah, they say it's, it's the the weakening micro, you know, or you know that call <laughs> You know, yep. sh- shake it off and get back in. Yeah. Um, so we we've got a protocol. If, if you get tagged, no head contact for minimum six weeks. Yep. And if a guy's gone, I'm not completely taking our shot. Give me another couple of weeks. Yeah. Absolutely delighted about that. Um, I'm trying to bring the power down. When we're sparring. Um yep. As we was kind of really, really good is we're heading back into you know being able to spar again the next month or so. I've I've already guys listen, if you got a chance when you get the next wage in, pick up a pair of shiris. Yeah, We're going to be using them soon. And once we start, it will be, you know, hands up, be a kick for a kick three sort of thing. Yeah. Develop that, develop their their, their um their counters first. And it will be light head contact only. I don't want concussions. I don't want somebody, um, you know, having an aneurysm on their forty-fifth birthday.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because um, like, when they were twenty-three, they liked to mix it up a bit. There's some of my guys who do like to mix it up, and I, there's a couple of guys in the gym that I love can you mix it up with, um, because we're working some similar level, or you know, maybe we're older, and. We, we know how far we can go, but even that I'm I'm pulling every shot when it you know, when yep. when it comes to head contact. I love this sport. Um I, I don't want to end up my nappies in like five years time because of it because my stupidity. See. So this is something I think that a lot of gyms are looking at. And one of my guys, Danny nipped into another gym for a bit of sparring and he went, it was brilliant. She says it was Dead light. It was like telling you this for the last two years. Yeah, it just sort of made sense. And we go to Thailand. These guys are these guys are fighting constantly. They don't fight when they're they're training. Yeah, play, have fun, rather than it's no competitive. Nobody wins in a gym. Yeah, nobody. More more and more of the pro
0: fighters and the pro gyms are coming out with that advice as well. And. Yeah. You, hear, you hear all this? I mean, you, you had. Do you know the best example was Max Holloway, the UFC fighter, Hawaiian Max Holloway? like fought. Obviously, Hawaii was locked down over, lock, uh, over a big party last year. And he went in, and I can't remember off the top of my head who he fought, but he destroyed this chap over five rounds. And when they interviewed him after it, he said, I had no sparring at all because of the conditions. It was all just pop, pop, pop. He was, he was working on Zoom, funnily enough, with his coaches, etc., etc. Uh, and you hear more and more top-level fighters saying, when I'm sparring and training, it's just tap, 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 work on technique, et cetera, et cetera. See, this, is, this isn't me having a pop at Thai boxing. This is no. me looking at an opportunity of someone who competed in and teaches – semi-contact with someone who's teaching Mm -hmm. fighters that are going to be fighting with elbows and knees etc to the head eventually Mm -hmm. so a a wee example i've got a student who we entered uh an open championships a number of years ago and so that would be against other taekwondo schools kickboxing schools karate schools etc etc and He went in and fought a particular guy. The fight didn't go well for him. He took a lot of blows to the head. And this is the point I'm trying to make. So, see, a week later, he was still getting sort of buzzing and stuff in his head. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the point, not just in Thai boxing, but in any combat sport or or combat art or whatever you want to call it. I worry that we, we have these events and then the person gets stressed and they leave. And there's, there's, what happens to that person afterwards? Do you know what I'm saying? I, 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 we, it's not just you and I as, as coaches or instructors, it's the full community's responsibility. That's what I'm trying to,
1: that's what I want to talk about. We like. put some like, um, protocols on a few years ago, and uh, it's the one going to like, can you make sure that you stuck in the next, you know, once we open back up again, we can't let them slide a wee bit. Um, so the what 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 I put in was like um if you were fighting, right, regardless of how the fight went, you get back to the changing room, right? You sit down, put your headphones in, cut your wraps off, ice packs on your shin, sit there for ten minutes, and you have somebody are sitting with you and keeping an eye on you, checking you, making sure you're okay, making sure you're yep. balancing that, it's fine, right? Um after that, you know, and feeding you water. Mm-hmm. Right, your pals are still going to be outside. As soon as you're in the ring, your pals want to see you, Peter. beat and yeah. safety comes first.
0: Yeah,
1: if there's any doubt, get the doctor, get it checked out. Yeah, if you're knocked out, if you've been knocked out, you're going to hospital. Yep. Yeah. like right? you are going to hospital, and uh, that's the least you can do. We don't have like the facilities that like the UFC have got. Or like the, the big boxing shows have got right. Paramedics very good at what they do, but are limited. Yeah. To to what we can provide for the guys. Um. So it's, to me, like you, you know, the, the coaches, the fighters, the corner teams, all need to be switched on. All need to be first aid trained uh, and how to deal with, it, with stuff like this. I've done uh, a couple of fighters, corners, coach courses, and covering a lot of this. Yep. Um, to try and you know make sure that our guys are protected. Uh, things if I think one of my, my guys is in trouble, I'll pull him bit. We are well as you know at like Young James. We had a yep. guy that um, fought, and we'll try to match him up with if great fight. Sixteen year old beat a guy, twenty six. That was, the guy was established, good fighter. Yep. Um Three weeks later, we'll try to get him matched. It was, uh, this was a Sunday, I think it was Sunday, Monday it was. And I was on the promoter to get a match the next weekend. And it was looking good. We were just waiting for confirmation with his parents. And I uh, found out on Monday night, he was driving home after a workout with his mate. The guy was going too fast, car flip, hatchie. And the boy ended up in a coma. Yeah. Um, when and and seen him when he was in a coma, um, it, it was dreadful. Watch his recovery. Um, it was amazing. Two weeks after the crash, he walked into the gym. But he walked in, with no real movement, a, a certain amount of degradation to his um, cognitive abilities, his balance. You know, you can see what a bad concussion can do. And spent a long time getting that kid back on his feet. Yep. Um, now, He's back to where he should be. He's got um, fights coming up. He's already had a fight, and it's looking really good. But he was in the hands of neurosurgeons and and physios and and, and plastic surgeons and everything to get him back up there. Nobody's got that ability, you know, after a fight. You don't know... You know, what's going on in your head? You know, nobody, you know, wakes up in the morning after five going, I'm never doing an MRI. It's just not but, happening.
0: but that's me being devil's advocate just as the forget, not as a martial artist, as the host of this show, being mm. devil's advocate. Because I'll tell you where this goes. If we stop it, then eventually rugby goes and football goes, and American football obviously. And any any sport where you're getting hit in the head, mm-hmm. will go. And there'll be people out there that, that be proponents of that. They'll be like, yeah, there should be no contact at all," and etc. etc. But obviously, that's not the world, and that that's not life. But it, it just it's more in my it's more in my head.
1: Enough. It, 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 the, I, say, I think a lot of sports are more dangerous than what we do. Um, and the the thing with they are, by the yeah. hmm? they are, yeah. They are, yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot more like more dangerous than to go on doing Thai boxing track. and these sports don't primarily target the head the way that the boxing does. Yeah, you know, um, if, if boxing falls, then it might be down to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's things that you can do, and you see, and it, a lot is in the gym, and it's. You know, trying to avoid concussions in the gym first and foremost. You will occasionally get one, you especially if it's a clash of heads. Yeah. You know, you'll get it. You've a clash of heads and you're a bit rocked, right? You don't spawn for six weeks yeah. minimum. And you monitor yourself or you get somebody to monitor you, you get yourself checked out. Right? Yeah. I would rather somebody would be pissed off sitting in casualty for two weeks than see him taking a seizure seven weeks later. Yeah, 100%. Got, yep. um, we, we, owe it, we owe it to the people who walk through our doors to take care of them. And they say, most Thai boxing gyms now are taking the, the power down. And uh, a good guy to look up on this, a guy called Gary Turner. Right. Uh, he was a, one of the early K1 fighters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was big in the BGJ thing. He uh, won the UK kickboxing, K1 title a few times, fought all over the world. Yep. Um, really nice guy. Um, and he's doing a PhD on I um, brain damage for combat sports or yep. something like that. Um, however, he's, he seems to be publishing his work quite a bit, which I, I don't think is normal for a PhD student, but Okay, um, it's always an interesting reading, interesting debate. What was his name? Sorry, Gary Turner. Gary Turner.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. How how do you get? Like I know, a lot of the guys are and girls, in your gym, who. Who are just natural fighters? or they? They they have this. They want to fight naturally. Mm-hmm. Talk us through how you get someone who comes in and says, I've never done martial arts before. And I've maybe watched it for many years. And my goal would be to see if I could eventually become a fighter or even just have one fight. What's the stages as far as, and you can be as technical as you like here, about from a person that walks in the door to the walk into the ring. Um
1: two people that walk in the door and don't go, oh, I want to find your ring, usually last three weeks. Right, okay. Their creative kind of goal is they walk in and go, I want you going that ring. That's not interesting. They don't care how good they are, they just right. want to the ring. And in their head it's like you Know, I can totally do this. Yeah, I am yeah. like light, the lightweight champion in my street. Yeah, um, you know, undefeated on a Friday night in the pub, and they tend not to last because all they're interested in is going to hurt somebody,
0: right?
1: Um, I can give you an example of how you, you end up my girl training me, Ashley Mitchell. She, she was all right, she was quite decent, and she came in, I think she was 17, her dad trained. And I ended up training with oh, brothers, sisters no yep. and all this. And so dad came in to training and she went, right, I'll come down. She said, gonna put a wee bit of weight on I'll come down. I want it. lose was about of weight." So she, at the time, we had a ladies-only class. And right. she came down and done the ladies-only class. And she was in that for about a couple um, of months or something. Mm. And Paul phoned me and she said, I just want to come to the, the adults class. she's she wants to help people as well, right? right. Now, there's no city Um, "I want to go and hurt someone." It's like this is really good. I want to like, apply it the way that it is. Ladies only. There was no sparring, no clinching none of like that, right? Um, it was drills, pads, bags, and circuit. And uh, she can then Once she started in the adults, she was pretty decent, you know, and. Um, See so for that, she's like, can't, I, you know, I moved down in into the fighters. If you move into the fighters, like you tend to be looking, working towards getting a fight. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not a case of, right, you're matched in June. You've mm-hmm. got three months to get ready. It's no, way. you get in, and you start working every day. You get to know them. You get to know them a lot better. Um, you know, you're, you know. A lot of experience the fighters and they'll switch ideas about and you pick different stuff up. Different times up, maybe I'd show you, like, somewhere, I'll try yeah. this, or, you know, this combination, that combination. And uh, once they're, you can see them comfortable, I'll uh, be getting, you know, pushed mm-hmm. um, and challenged. You know, I don't mean like somebody like trying to take their head off. Yeah, no, uh, I understand, I. Eh? You know, and if uh, you know, become more competent and competent, then you'll look at um their talent, their fitness, their weight. Can you commit to a fight camp? Mm-hmm. Right? Sit down in my chat and say, look, I think you're ready. Would you like a fight? What's your weight and what weight can you go to without, you know, without too much discomfort? And um, so she ended up. Um she had two fights. Three, two, two fights. And uh, she was she, she was good. She was good. Yeah. Um and that that was like that's kind of the story most people they walk in. They walk in for one reason and they get a taste for it. And they go like, well, I've done this, I'm gonna try that, I've done that, I'm gonna try that. Hmm, I'm going off to work with fires, fighters. Right, okay. Right. And then they, they yep. get the chance to fight. We, there's, but again, have these, everyone's different. Yep. Every single one's different. I had a guy fought for me a, a few years ago. It took him, I think, seven and a half, eight half eight years before he got a fight. Yeah. You know? That's, um, that's dead interesting. And it's contradictory to
0: what I would have thought or what I think a lot of people would think because it's like, well, I wonder how many people out there, and not let's even we can just talk about not even fighting, but just walking into a martial arts mm-hmm. school or gym or whatever. Like, I wonder how many people, do you know, don't know where that journey's Let's <laughs> maybe have went full circle yeah. to what we started on. Like, how many people you went in because you'd started running, you didn't know how to stretch, you thought, I'm going to go and go to this kickboxing class for two or three classes and pick up some knowledge on stretching. Thirty-five years later, you're on my podcast sharing all this experience. Mm-hmm. It's that's really interesting. It's maybe maybe there's something in that about people just trying things or just
1: mm-hmm. taking that first step in and seeing seeing where it goes. Well the many people that say me like I want you to lose weight, which they do. And you're like consume less, eat more. Find yeah. something that you enjoy that makes your heart beat and your muscles ache a bit and do it. And do as much as you can. It can be Thai boxing. It, it, it could be dance. You know, it could be aerobics. I don't care. But, you know, find the thing that inspires you, that pushes you, that, that puts a big smile on your face and do it and do it to the best of your abilities. Yeah, And eat less cakes. Indeed, indeed. There's a bit of guilty look here, mate.
0: <laughs> oh, better believe it. Christ, you better believe it. The, <laughs> moving on quickly. What What inspires you then to keep... Again, I'll tell you why, why I'm asking this question. This question's came to me because you, you kind of touched on this earlier on, and it's exactly how I feel, so that's what I'm thinking, that you don't sort of sit back and look and think to yourself... Look at all, look at everything that my students have achieved, or look at all the fights they've won, or look at how many people have gained confidence to go to university, or gained confidence to turn their life around. And you don't, you can't, you can't sit and give yourself a pat in the back every week. Do you know? And, and sometimes years and, and ultimately decades go by. And and you said that earlier on. It's like, well, I just kind of realised I was thirty-five years and 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 stuff, but. what inspires you now then to say, right, I'm going to, you know, this is what I've achieved now over 35 years in this thing that I've grown to love. And I spent almost as much time doing this as I do my, my day job. Mm-hmm. What's your main inspirations then that's going to keep you doing this? Cause I know you said you don't think about it, but, but there mm-hmm. must be some stuff up there. Cause I know there is for me that you, what what inspires you to say, do you know, no, uh, this is, this is who
1: I am now, and this is what I'm going to continue to do. You, you say that? This is who I am. In general, I, I yeah. have no... It's like when they say started off, I had no ambition. I'd not, I, I still have none. This is who I am. This is what I do. I love it. Yeah. I don't know what to do without it. And I am now at the age where all the guys are in it. I've, you know, packed in. Walked away, you know. Fires have came and went. Um, you know, promoters have came and went. Clubs have opened, flourished, and shut down, and opened and shut in a blaze of glory. Or yeah. um, ignominy. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've managed to keep going. You know, if 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 anything, the Lover turn and go like that. It's like that. I managed to like. Consistently over the years, just keep going, moving forward, and yeah. and kind of stay, you know, um, you know, reasonably relevant. Um, yeah. Never, I've like, no crazy ambitions, other than the people that walk through my through my door, give them the best I can, opportunities and um, support. Yep, And enjoy it. I love it. It it, it is it's who I am, and. and I'm dreading the day that um, I'm no fit to do it. And one of the reasons I keep training. I think I think you get to a stage, but where
0: I think you are, I, I think, and I'll, I'll sneak this in here that I'm obviously still a number of years younger than you are. But <laughs> it's like, you, it's uh, You think you sort of, I I I, I like to think I'm, I'm forty next year. So I'm, I'm, I'm still like, oh, the good old days. Well, that's it. But I think you like being like the, like you, you mentioned Rocky earlier on, but like being like Mickey and just, you know, you can stand and still give all that knowledge over. You might not be able to kick the bag anymore because you're 80 years of age, but I like to think I'd still be teaching Taekwondo. I, I'd like to think you'd still be, and it might be mayhem. It might be a, some other gym that you you open up in future years, but you know, just sitting there, getting getting more uh, crabbit as the years go on, and you're standing at the corner of the ring and you're shouting at. Well, we talked about young James, one of your sort of extremely talented fighters. You're you're standing there shouting at his kids. Do you know what I mean? Or, or his grandkids, and you're still there, like shaking your stick, saying, right, <laughs> Come on let, let, let's." Well, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm already tra- training the kids. Of children I trained, yep. years ago, yep. um, and, and and that kind of still blows my mind a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And the 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 fact that that these children are bringing their children, I must have done something right. Yep, um, and like we like you know the the, the center, a trust element there, which is nice. You know, like people walk through your door, leave you absolutely no reason. They don't know you. They've got no reason to trust, respect you at all other than the way that you treat them and uh, the the fact I've got so many people that bring their kids uh, over the years is, you know I I must have learned something right even back in the day when I didn't know as much as I thought on you I I, I, I don't know when it's going to stop I, I I, I don't know I've, I, I, Kenny. My ambition is still to be padding and kicking motherfuckers in the head at sixty, right? I, I, <laughs> see, I think you're a mile off there. This is what I'm. This
0: is what I'm maybe getting at. I think. I didn't you, see I was stopping at that. I says I still want to be doing that. <laughs> I have no doubt that you will be. I, I, do you know what I get for you is? Or one of the many sort of positive things I get for you is. Uh, and people have said this to me about, I, I, I'll i say straight away, and again, it's, it's like a religious thing. I'm blessed. I think I'm blessed to have such a successful school. But, and you see all these people on Facebook about, this is how you market this, and this is generate this, and do this and do that. And I think, I try my best not to think too much about how or not how, why I'm successful, because I'm scared in case if I realise why it is, it'll go away, or we'll change it, or, Uh, you know, and it's uh, just that thing, and I think what you've got as well, and I like to think we have, and I mentioned this in the last podcast that we've done together,
1: it's just a wonderful community. Yeah, this is it, you walk through my door, you'll get support, unless you have been an asshole, in which case
0: he anyway.
1: You'll be shown the door. Which yep. is, it, it was a belt that happened a few years ago and I'm not going to give through the details, but a guy came out and came in and he came in the Tuesday and like bought two of these t-shirts. And then he came in the Thursday and I was there and one of the guys was taking it. And he came in and went, like ah, pointed to one of our said, see him, I hear him. And the like, went, Really? You're in the wrong place, man, because he's all of our friend. Yep. And the guy was never seen again. Well, he's still got about it was on our Facebook recently. But okay. you know, you, you walk in, you need to be treating everybody with respect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um you see it's a community the, the, the with my gym, I'm not interested in marketing. Um, despite I've got two ad campaigns coming up. Yeah. But I'm not interested in having hundreds of students. Yeah. Right? I want a comfortable amount and to pay the bills and give me beer and pizza money at the weekend. Yeah. Um I've I've no interest in like, running like you know, getting people to open up everywhere and like, basically having like we franchises. Yeah. I don't I'm no that's no for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I I love what I do. I love the people that I interact with. One of the things that um I would say that I think that's given me over the years is because you work I mean, this guy's training me my age. There's a woman comes down on Sunday that's older than me, which I'm chuffed at. She's a um, fresh-looking person in there, yeah. right? And she works her wee socks off. She comes down with her grandson. Um, but how amazing is that? Do you know? Yeah? How I,
0: amazing
1: is that? I, you know, and you know what I mean? Yeah. See, I mean, that wee woman will pass away one day, you know, and that boy, but I, I remember me and my gran used to go to Boxing. It's madness, so, isn't it? Oh, so me my dad. Yeah. Me and my gran, right? Yeah. And it, the thing, and... Uh, one the guys was doing some past, like, "That's a really good keep on keep." And it's nobody cares what age she is.
0: Yeah.
1: What are they supporting each other? But because I've got so many young people, young compared to me, like, for seven, 10, 17, all the way up, I think that it's it keeps me no young, but it always keeps me a fresh perspective in life. That when I, when I talk to these kids. I'm not standing from like, this lofty place. Yeah, thing. I have a laugh and a joke, tease, annoy, and get slagged to death with them. Yeah, right. And I, th- I think it just keeps you a bit more alive. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you've got a better outlook on the world rather than. I mean, half the people my age I know, they're already turned into Jack and factor. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I'm like, you're fucking so old. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm older than you. How yep.
0: can I be older than you? We should you give know? a call out to my listener in Brazil who might not know. In fact, they might know who Jack and Victor is because I don't know if Still Game, the TV show, has made it all the way to uh, Sao Paulo, but it might have done. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's madness. But the reference, I'm sure, is understandable. But how wonderful is that, as I say, to have, we've got a student who's 68, 68 years of age, and he trains three times a week, never misses a session. And uh, last week, I actually couldn't make a session and and contacted me to ask if he could do a doubler. So he (laughs) said two hours instead of a one-hour session. I think that's the magic of what we do. Whether it be taekwondo or Thai boxing or any of the martial arts, I think you've got. And again, whether you, you want to be a fighter as a younger person or you want to be a granny that's coming into your gym and hitting the pads and hitting the bags and doing her push ups and her burpees or whatever she's able to do, how, how wonderful is that? It's, yes. it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, right. One last thing uh, I want to touch on is, and again we have kind of covered it, but well, not as much as I want. To, actually, I want to get into this. We spoke in the last podcast about how important or how much importance you put on making sure that your students get or they they, they get as best of an education that they can. That mm-hmm. they. We talked last podcast, again, episode 7 if anybody wants to go back and check that out. uh, We talked about you sending people to uh, trips to Thailand and just broadening people's horizon. And I don't know whether that is something that's maybe more prevalent in martial arts teachers or instructors that we take take up. There's a passion we've got about improving people. It's not just about let me. I'll pick tennis because I don't want to use football or rugby or any of these types of sports. But I don't know if a tennis coach. And again, apologies to any tennis coach that I'm going to offend here. And people might. I, I might be wrong, but I don't know if a tennis coach. I think they they would only be interested in improving someone's tennis. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? But you, you. Yeah. I, I know there's lots of experience. Uh, lots of examples when. I know that you've had people who had never even thought about what they could achieve if they actually went to university. Mm -hmm. And I know that you steer people to say, listen, you're doing fantastic in your martial arts, but let me just give you a wee bit of advice or a wee bit of guidance. And these people are away achieving things that they'd never would have achieved. That's a special gift. I think I said this the last time, but that's a special gift that martial arts as the base has allowed you to give people.
1: Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't think that uh, I are really special. I think that we've just, we've had lucky that over the years we've been able, we've had such a diverse group of, you know, Skint people, rich people, middle class people all work together. Yeah, and it, it does engender a certain amount of aspiration. Um, the um, like they go to university. Um, they, you know, I think it's that they learn that like, the value, the hard work. Yep, you know. You go in there and say, like me, like my, my life from the first of April, remember the remember late March 1986, became very ill, right? The previous to that, I had let no focus, right? It was all yeah. over the place. Um, six months later, I was, you know, knee deep, you know, and training for a marathon. Yeah, I was coming up pretty soon. And had started this kickboxing club that it was just the best thing i would ever had. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found a drive and a focus that i had never had before. Yeah. Um, and a quote come back to me. Okay. Right? Now... When I say that it came back to me, um, you'll see it next time in my house. It's actually on the wall up it's at the top of the stairs. Right? And yes, I'm going to quote Shakespeare. Go for it. Right? And then I'm going to quote The Terminator.
0: Listen, I can't think of a better place to end this, Stevie. Right? We, I don't and know how we go for jogging down your street to The Terminator, but let's get there.
1: That's good. So what happened was um, when I was 15 years old, we were forced in english which i failed with fine colors to read and learn quotes from Julius caesar okay um and i better get this right um, one of the quotes was was uh, cassius and Cascus were talking to Brutus and trying to get them to enjoy their, their plot to kill caesar yep and the quote was why man he doth be straight to world like a colossus, and we petty men keep under his huge legs. Um, people around to f- people around to find herself. Oh. in ceremonious graves. Okay. The fault, dear British, is not in the stars, but in ourselves. That we are underlings. Right now, I fucked up that quote. Right. That's all right. it was, it was close enough. After, let's say, say, six, eight months of training, mentally, physically, I was I totally changed. My focus had changed. Everything was changing. Yeah. And that quote came back. And that was when I realised that if if I actually take control of my life, right, it will change. It will change for the better. Yep. The Terminator fate. the Terminator quote, <laughs> Terminator 2, sat and watched, I went, that's exactly what they said in Julius Caesar, and uh, I'm not a fatalist. Don't believe it. things happen yep. for a reason. Yeah, you make stupid decisions. Um, the quote is there is no fate but the fate we make. Yep. Right. Uh, so I'm a big believer in taking personal responsibility and striving for whatever you want out of life. Yeah. And that's since then that's kind of what I, I've i've um, done uh, i've never really fancied in grandiose i don't want to be rich i really don't want to be famous and um, i want to live like, um, an average happy life yep you know and that's the the thing that um, i've always went back to is that quote only normally quote it properly <laughs>
0: right stevie listen again how long are we done I think we've done about one around 15 minutes. 15, around 15 minutes. I, I say this every time, but it, it like, I, I don't know where the time goes. Uh, thank you. Episode 51, we're on now. Uh, I will say one more time, if anybody wants to jump back to our first converse, conversation, away at the beginning of the podcast, it is episode seven. The sound is horrendous. It's all crackly, but... <laughs> the the sound is
1: horrendous, but the picture's much better. Listen, here,
0: <laughs> two handsome chaps. Uh, yeah, listen, Stevie, thank you so much for coming on. You're very We will. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. All right, yeah, buddy. You take care. Yes. Right. Thanks, my man. Yeah, man. Take yeah. care. Thanks, Stevie. Bye Bye-bye, pal. Bye-bye. bye, pal. Bye bye.